Good afternoon. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. I told you so. Honestly, it's amazing how many people in hindsight say they accurately predicted what the Supreme Court ruling on health care was going to be. And this, after all that hang, hand-wringing when the arguments were first made, you know, the same people were saying that the Supreme Court justices tipped their hands when asking the questions. Anyway, we're going to delve into the political implications of the ruling today on our Week in Review. And we're also going to look at the political ramifications for six district Congressman John Tierney, who got a kick in the head yesterday when his brother-in-law claimed Tierney knew all about his offshore gambling scheme and even went to Red Sox games with bookmakers. I'm joined here in the studio by former state treasurer Shannon O'Brien, WGBH contributor Kara Miller, who's also host of Innovation Hub right here on WGBH, and careening off in off the street in just a minute, Avi Nelson, who is a political analyst and talk show host who got into heavy traffic on Route 93. And those of you on Route 93 probably already know that. Anyway, I have to say, I have said this from the beginning, <laughs> that I have any special insight into this. But there is no way... If your wife is managing the books for a $7 million business, I don't care whether it's offshore gambling or, you know, could be a a family grocery store. I don't care what it is. If you're talking about that kind of money, there is no way that your husband doesn't know what you are doing. And she, oh, he had no idea, and he certainly had no idea it was illegal. I mean, come on, Shannon, that doesn't well, pass. The- I don't think that I don't think that it looks good for him, and I think that that's um, you know going to be one of the biggest challenges for for his reelection bid this year is is how much involvement he did or did not have. Although although I will say, um, having in my own situation, I think that this is uh, true in uh, Congressman Tierney and Patrice's marriage. They got married when they were much older. You know, I, my husband and I got married. I mean, we we never really had joint accounts. We sort of paid our bills jointly. So he would go do things. I would go do things. And I will tell you that we really didn't know a lot of what was going on. That being said, I think that it's very hard that if what appears to be almost a part-time job that she had was taking care of uh, her brother's children and the mother, um, you know, questions as to where those monies were coming from, you know, might have been raised. But but again, I I, I would say that, uh, you know, if they came in and this was fairly separate, he may just never have asked the question or never wanted to ask the question. It's certainly really hard to figure out what John Tierney knew. And it's hard to know if we'll ever have any sort of solid evidence that will show that he knew something. But it is this kind of incredible situation where, you know, the the brother-in-law, uh, his brother-in-law had to forfeit. Daniel Aremian. Yeah, exactly. $7.7 million. But it, it's so much bigger than that. Then you have a $24 million that is forfeited from a sort of associate of his, Todd Lyons. This is a really big gambling operation. And another brother of John Tierney's wife um, was running this huge offshore gambling uh, organization from Antigua. Yeah. And, and He's so, still on the lam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so this brother-in-law got, got sentenced yesterday, we should make this clear, three, three years, years in, in federal right. prison. And after he, the sentencing, we're joined here by Avi Nelson, who just careened in off of the yeah, sorry, 93. Yeah, an accident yeah, on 93. I 93 wasn't is tough. Luckily, it wasn't you. Is really tough. Anyway, so yesterday, Daniel Aremian, uh, who is the brother of Tierney's wife, Patrice, he came out of the courtroom and he told the Eagle Tribune that the congressman, that John Tierney was a liar. He knew everything about the family gambling operation that landed his wife in prison last year. As you recall, Patrice did 30 days in prison. And, you know, I mean, I don't know why he did this other than, I mean, the wife had already, his sister had already done 30 days in jail. Congressman Tierney seemed to be poised to have avoided this. Why would he turn him in? What, what, what was in it for well, him? Well, the weird thing is he said that she took the fall for the congressman. Yeah, it's like, what? And there's nothing that indicates, I mean, again, you, you can question whether or not a married couple living together, you know, would he know what she was doing? Would he know that it was anything other than just taking care of her brother's family and, and doing that on his behalf, even, you know, knowing that maybe he was offshore doing some not good things? But the point is why he would say that she took the fall for him. That yeah. makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, even if you yeah, question – it was her job. Right. Even if you question you know, what the congressman yeah. did or did not. Yeah, is this your who, district, by the way? Huh? Is this your district? Yeah. Sixth district. But, but who knows what's going on in terms of family dynamics right. there and when people get vindictive and it could be slights from, from years ago. Whatever it is, it's a very ugly situation yes. and I can't help but think that it's going to adversely affect yeah. – Tierney's run. He's mm-hmm. run against Richard, Richard Tissay. Mm-hmm. And Tissay is a formidable candidate and had statewide exposure last year, as, uh, last time as the lieutenant governor running mate for Charlie Baker. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be consequential. People will put up with so much. 
But when they think the corruption is really profound... Except he was already cleared of any corruption. That's the problem. John, no, but, but John it's back Kennedy was in. cleared. Does he, will, will, he, does he, will he face federal charges over a claim from the brother-in-law? I don't know. There's, look, there's the, the court, the formal court, and then there's the court of public opinion. Yeah. In the <laughs> sure. court of public opinion, which counts for the election, this does not look good. Yeah, and I, I will say that some of the stuff that Daniel Ehrman said um, outside the courthouse was really was really very damning for John Tierney, although certainly John Tierney would not agree with any of it. But he said that Tierney himself sat in boxes with bookies yeah, at Fenway. So they have very different well, stories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I think that they have very different stories, very different versions of the truth. They're they are sort of irreconcilable versions of the truth. And yeah, meanwhile, but, Avi, you know, Tierney was already reelected once after these allegations right. had surfaced, after she had been convicted or whatever would happen to Patrice. So it's not like this hasn't been around for a while. This is yeah, but this the second go Right. And it may sometimes take a little bit of, of sinking in. And there also may have been the benefit of the doubt. You know, he's, he, it, it appeared as almost as if there was a curtain between him and the operations. Look, the reality is here, this is not an innocent going on. And there, there, were, there was some significant crime committed here by the family, by the wife. Now there's an implication that Tierney knew more than I can't believe you called offshore either. gambling a crime. Aren't you, don't you think everybody should be able to do that if they well, want there's to? There's a difference between what, <laughs> my personal view of the law of what it should be, the normative description, and, and, uh, and, and what there is actually going on. So, look, you know, there's criminality here. And uh, it certainly appears to be splashing onto the congressman directly. We'll see whether it uh, costs him a vote. It doesn't take much. You know, you lose 5 10 percent of the vote. That's going to be it. Yeah, I agree. All right. We can't uh, get away from the ruling that uh, took place yesterday. I I asked um, Carrie Healy yesterday, she was on both radio and TV, whether she thought the the ruling was going to spill over into our uh, Massachusetts Senate race, Elizabeth Brown versus – Elizabeth Brown. Elizabeth (laughs) Warren versus Scott Brown. She said absolutely not. She didn't see it. But – I, I can't believe that it won't. I mean, it already Scott, is. They're yeah. already talking about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren was on Rachel Maddow last night. Uh, Scott Brown showed up for the debate on Dan Ray's show solo. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and obviously Dan Ray asked them about this. Here's a little bit of what Dan Ray uh, asked Scott Brown about what kind of legislation he would propose to help the unemployed. And um, right, wait, do I have it on the? Uh, no, this is the jobs killer. But uh, actually, Elizabeth Warren was talking about it. Um, with, uh, she was on Rachel, uh, on Rachel Maddow. And here's, here's a little bit of what she had, had to say. I mean, this is really all about politics and playing this game in Washington. And the Republicans think they've got something here, and he's just seeing if he can turn up the temperature on it. I, I think this is why people get disgusted by politics. I don't know. I don't know what that was in response to. It was a little confusing. But um, nevertheless, both of them went at it last night about, you know, Scott Brown said that the Supreme Court ruling was a was bad law and that he supported Mitt Romney's idea that it should be repealed and replaced. Well, you know, I think in large part when I, I will say about those interviews, they were preaching to the converted. I mean, it was they were very interesting interviews, but but clearly Elizabeth Warren was in her element, and yeah. uh, and when Scott Brown went on Dan Ray show, you he could tell by element. the nicknames he was using for Dan Ray. I mean, he was in his element. So I think that those that seems to me like a wash because people the people who watch those uh, or listen to those are, were very likely wanted to vote for those people regardless. Um, I don't know that the that the uh, Supreme Court issue is going to be that much of an issue in Massachusetts. Obviously, we already have a law here in Massachusetts concerning health care. It doesn't look like it's about to be repealed anytime soon. No, but it's fairly the vote popular. In Congress will make the difference. If Scott Brown is elected, he could be on the side of the people no, who that's vote abs- to repeal that's it. Absolutely. So that's that, why I'm saying Right. It. That could be an issue. I, I It seems to me that I think the economy will – it seems like health care will be the big issue right now. I still think that the economy is coming back. And in fact, we saw this morning when the European Union said, oh, we're going to help out Italy and Spain, that markets surged. We still seem to be hanging on every word Mm -hmm. that Europe says, down 200 points, up 200 points. And it is annoying. (laughs) 
especially if you've got, if you've got stocks, it's very yeah. annoying. Yeah. And, and I do think it's going to be sort of an interesting, you know, uh, sort of tightrope that uh, 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 Scott, uh, Scott Brown is going to have to walk because, again, the, 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 the father or mother of Obamacare is Romney Care. And the personal mandate was passed and, and supported and approved by Mitt Romney. And, and in fact, he talked about that when he ran for president. So, you know, some of the, the chatter that I heard on, on television and in radio last night was the whole issue that the, the basis upon which that they um, supported this at the Supreme Court, the five, you know, the, the, the five of the five to four decision was because it was considered to be a tax and not that it was uh, interpreted uh, as uh, legal or constitutional under the Commerce Clause. So Mitt Romney has basically supported this tax in Massachusetts, has supported this tax as a, as a national issue. So I just think that it, it actually does become um, a, a better issue for, for Elizabeth Warren in this campaign because I think that people in Massachusetts are comfortable with it. I think that they think that it's been relatively good for the state and most people are um, positive here. Not as much money has been spent here beating up on the, the, the national bill as, as I think in other states. And yet last time when Brown ran against Coakley, one of the key focal points of the issue was that he was going to be the vote that was going to block the enactment of the law in the first place mm-hmm. in the Senate. And it turns out that there was an end-run game. Uh, It's unclear how this plays, but both sides have been put in an awkward position. Romney, for the reason that you say, that after all, he makes the fine distinction, Romney does, between a federal mandate and a state mandate. Most people didn't go to Harvard Law School, so they don't make the fine distinction. They think those who are opposed to it think government should not be and, able and to compel you. And most people don't make the fine difference between a tax and a fee if you don't a have a choice. Yeah, but that's a different issue because Obama has run around the countryside mm-hmm. saying, right. no, 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 it was not a tax. And a lot of the legislators and the, the people running for office now are going to be very uncomfortable because they told their constituents it wasn't a tax, it wasn't a tax. And in addition, Obama has also pledged no new taxes on the middle class. So Obama's got some problems with now what the court has said. But that won't affect as much in Massachusetts. I agree Mm -hmm. with you because I think that there is some accommodation to the law. It'll be interesting to see how it plays, the dynamic plays between Brown and and Warren on that issue. I suspect, Kara, that you're right, that ultimately it will be the economy, especially in Massachusetts, that'll be the dominant issue. The health care issue for those two people uh, will be less. I think But then you're presuming that no one cares... No one in this state cares whether it's repealed, you know, because we've got our own. And I, I'm not sure I buy that. It's, in other words, if if Scott Brown is reelected and he votes to repeal um, the Affordable Care Act, well, there is something to be said to say, okay, Massachusetts has it, but I don't think the federal government should do it. Now, how much that, how many voters are going to be influenced don't by know. that? I think that the, the the biggest problem in terms of the sort of public relations battle that the president I don't think has fought very well uh, in terms of selling this to to the American people is that eighty five eighty five percent of the people in this country have health insurance and certainly some of those eighty five percent of the of the people will be positively benefited when it comes to when you get sick, insurance companies are no longer will be able to, you know, just basically cut off your health insurance. Or and if you've ever been premiums, or yeah. jack up the premiums or if you have a pre-existing condition. So most people are fairly selfish when they sort of look at some of these issues. They don't think it really impacts them. And it's that 15 percent of other people. And somehow they believe that that's going to be a negative for them. And the 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 people who are opposed to the national health care bill have law, have convinced Americans that 85 percent that have it and are relatively happy with where they are with their health insurance, um, that, that this is somehow a negative for them. Obama has not done a good enough job of convincing the other 85 percent of the real benefits to them, to their kids. I absolutely. think Scott, I think Shannon, Scott, absolutely right. Scott Brown, his daughters, you know, are on this plan. What's going to happen to Scott That's Brown's right. daughters? I, I think actually, and I think you're absolutely right that Obama's done a very poor job explaining this, doing the sort of rhetorical dance that he, he needs to do. I will say around noon when, when you were on the air yesterday and Obama came out and mm-hmm. spoke in response to the health care decision, probably the best speech he has ever exactly. given about this. Very short, very specific. to the point. And he pr- brought up the point that I think he just has not brought up enough, which is – 
look, the people who don't have health care, they have health care. They're just freeloading on the system. Right. Is it okay for people to freeload? Like, are we okay with Which that? Which is yeah, where the Heritage Foundation came up with this in the first exactly. place. They didn't like freeloading. Now, let me, say, okay. let me just say one more thing here, which is that there is still an issue with health care. Th- this may be solved, but the cost curve of health care mm-hmm. is still a serious problem. And this Supreme Court case did not solve that. Um, and, you know, you talked about the Heritage Foundation. This originally came out of a Republican plan, and the idea was to keep it in the private sector, in the private market. So somebody's still going to have to deal with the fact that Don't. Medicare and Medicaid are going to eat our budget over the next 20, 30 in years. In this state, with Romney Care, costs have not gone down. They have gone up. So the theory well, that Jim some... Roosevelt denies that. I heard him last well, night saying, denied that they've gone way down. Okay, and well, that they are in the I, process of dealing with the cost controls right. because of That's the global That's what's going on right now. Most of the analysis that I've seen have not shown that costs have gone down, so the complex issue hasn't been solved. But secondly, people are concerned about a couple of things. One is there is the principle of the argument. You're making it sound very narrow. Is it just a matter of, gee, if my health care is affected, I'll vote one way or the other. People do not like the idea of the government being able to be so intrusive as to mandate that you have to buy health insurance is, as it was said in, in the arguments, if they can do that, they can do anything. And the other but part of it is... But that's one of the boogeymen that they've thrown out there. And they, it is. The we mandate all sorts of Ms. things Shannon, that people have to The do. Supreme Court agreed. Mm-hmm. And five to four, even Roberts mm-hmm. went along with it. You can't have this mm-hmm. mandate. He limited the Commerce Clause. And the other part is people have a sense, I think rightly, that with the large government involvement and all the panels and all the supervision, that there will be government interference between a person and his doctor. And so they're skeptical about it. The numbers have held at about 55-40 against this bill from the day it was enacted. That's unprecedented that a law... That but, how, but, wait, but wait, excuse me. Exactly. Every single poll yeah. done since then, including recent ones last week, when you ask individuals about these specifics in the bill, ticking them off, you know, uh, reimburse, greater reimbursement for seniors and their drug prescription, and they're, yeah. they're 80% in favor of it. You it's just the, it's just the, kid is it's just the yeah. idea yeah. of the, a government, I, I agree with you, it's, it's the idea of government intervention. Right. Except you, you already have, you already they have like the, the principle. But, if you, but no, if you pick out some of the goodies that have been handed out now as opposed to some of the baddies. Well, what are the baddies? Gonna be, the baddies are going to be the higher cost and, and how you're going to pay for People it. don't care about and that. Whether, they don't because it hasn't. They've yet. got insurance. They will. They're already getting higher costs, and they're already That's getting insurance. Exactly right. But they're, they're already. But, but the, and but, they're but free, the Republic, insurance companies are going to get the, richer. The insurance companies are already intervening in your care. When the insurance, when you have cancer, and when you have your insurance, when you have your health care basically cut off, yep. and it impoverishes your family, there's already someone intruding between you and your doctor. It's your insurance company. Shannon, Again, you can try to make the case, but I will tell you for since. But does that, that not happen now? Since it since that law has been passed. The numbers, especially among likely voters, have held. Oh, just I about think the, that the billions of dollars spent to, to, to create a boogeyman no, no, that's no, no, been no. effective. You know, uh, come on, let's not make it sound that all of a sudden the Democrats are impotent and Republicans are so good that they've been a- able to count. No, they've it. spent a lot the more American money. American people do not like the idea of the federal government running the insurance plan. They're uneasy about it. And all these things, these But that's not what they're doing. This these is privatized. about, oh, your kids can stay on until 26. Avi, this and, is the ultimate no, free market. Uh, no, it isn't yes, at it all. Is. You can still have your no, own insurance. Isn't. You can have whatever you want. It's There's not, still okay, competitive well, health care providers. It's not a free market when the law here. says that your no, you 26-year-olds have to be You don't have to do it. It's a free market. So one thing to say is we already obviously are comfortable with the government running certain things. It runs Social Security, sends people their checks. They make you buy car insurance, which I don't want. That's right. Mm. And every not nobody it. has to have a car, but everybody has to have no, a body. I don't want car insurance. Everybody so. has to have a body, which <laughs> means that you can get a stroke or you can get a heart attack. I mean, things can happen to people, and no person, no matter how healthy or wonderfully they behave, can can exempt themselves from ever getting sick. Um, so, I, I mean. I guess what surprises me is that if you look at the cost in every country per capita of how much it costs for health care, we are way up at the top. But we're not the first country to have to deal with this. I guess I'm surprised that we didn't look around the 
world and say, well, Switzerland has dealt with this and Japan has dealt with this in Canada. Let's look at all the different ways that people have dealt with it. Let's look at the people who have the highest life expectancy, you know, the people who maybe it costs the least. And let's try to rip off the best ideas from around the world. But a lot of it is the and mentality of Americans, Kara. We've got to go to the heart of the matter here. We are a country of people who run off to the doctor when we've got the sniffles. You know, every kid in America has some allergy or, you know, food this or it's like it's just absolutely not. You know, seniors, I mean, it's like, have you ever seen the stew of drugs, you know, you go into any nursing home or anything like that, they're taking like 50 pills out and don't even know what they are. But, but more importantly, because we could not create a whole new model, which basically took the real unnecessary costs out of the system, which is fighting with insurance companies, because we had such opposition and, and, and again, the bully pulpit against the single payer, we did what the conservatives in the Heritage Foundation first launch. It's a private mandate, not an employer mandate, which is what the Clintons wanted to do, which was, once again, worse socialized medicine. But so so we have this hybrid that, that doesn't fix all the problems, but it will create, I think, I think in the long term, you're going to see efficiencies. And in the long term, you're going to see cost cutting, which is what's happening here, which is what's happening here in Massachusetts. Both. There are bills going through and there's efforts going through under the Patrick administration that a lot of you know caregivers, a lot of folks are very concerned about because of what it is going to do to cut costs. And, you and, and both that's happening are in now. favor of socialized medicine. You may prefer to use different terminology. You both are in favor of central payer where the government controls and you are in the minority in that And you're regard. in favor of people dying I, well, because they don't have health spare, care. Spare, spare <laughs> no, us no, the, I'm just saying. Don't, spare, don't, us the, spare us the usual canard about how those of us who disagree with you are in favor of death in the streets. Emily, you said earlier that you don't like car insurance. Mm-hmm. But at least with car insurance, you don't have to buy it if you don't have a car. I want you to imagine if the government said you have to buy car insurance whether or not you have a now, car. I would eliminate insurance companies completely. We don't need a middleman. And if, well, if, if we had a, well, you know, there's, at some point, you've got to take responsibility. And I, there's, there is a way to handle a pay-as-you-go, you know, that, is, that, that wouldn't put this onerous burden even if you had Except cancer or something like that. Except we can't turn people away from the emergency rooms. And this was, I believe, established We need to under, start doing that. Under, under people the, are there for well, the most well, bogus reasons. Well, i some suggestions. Why don't we make under it so that you can... Under the Nixon administration, we so, could no longer turn people away from uh, uh, the emergency uh, 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 rooms. So will, we have I'll to pay. I will make a suggestion that you... That you will allow people to buy insurance across state lines, oh, across the board instead of the limitation Anywhere. that there is now. Yeah, I would suggest that we should solve. have tort reform so that we don't have as much defensive medicine practice mm-hmm. with all the costs. I think medical savings accounts are good ideas. There are lots of things that can be done which are very different from this plan. And that's what this election this year is going to be about, including whether or not Obama has misled the American people, and so did a lot of people standing for re-election, in saying that, oh, no, it's not a tax. And now the Supreme Court has said it is a tax. But is, Ro- is Romney going to defend H. the H. tax? Bush. Is Romney going to be then defending the tax that he passed yeah, he did the on the thing. people here in Massachusetts? He did exactly the same thing. Right. And he is and, going and to that, make the and, case, Shannon. But these are the but ads that are The only on, case he's making is that it's a state's right. That's right. exactly But right. it's still a tax. And so Mitt Romney is going to have to defend he, the tax that he passed here in Massachusetts. that certain that different states right. can try different things. That's going to be his position. I, I'll grant you. It's not the strongest position. No, be, no. It would which be, is because be Texas and Idaho were never doing it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I maintain that this, although it seems like a really big deal right now, will not be the issue on which the no, national no, election no. turns. Too I'm complex. not saying for some people it won't be a deal breaker or a deal maker, mm. but I still think that where we are um, in terms of the economy well, come the fall could we, really make a difference. You may be right, but there's one other thing that may play in here, and that is what the court found with regard to Medicare. That in effect, the federal government cannot compel the states to join the program. They threatened. The, the part of the law was that if the state didn't join, the Medicaid could be cut off. That was struck down by the Supreme Court. Of the 26 states that opposed this and went to court about it, I already heard that Texas is just not going to join. A lot of them may simply not join. If they don't, there is a serious funding issue. Yeah. I don't know how the law gets implemented. They're not. And they'll that back might down be on part that. of the... They'll uh, back down on that because the government's going to reimburse them up to 100%. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you? 
whether they will back down before the election. Uh, that, I was simply saying well, they, I think it may be an election to, year issue. No, 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 because they don't have to comply until 2014, 2014 anyway. So yeah. They don't have to worry about that. Talk to Avi Nelson, Shannon O'Brien, Kara Miller <laughs> when we continue. We'll respond to some of your emails, tweets, and Facebook messages as we do every Friday. And we'll continue our roundup of this week's top news headlines. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show from 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio. I can see you crystal clear Go ahead and sell me out And I'll lay your ship back See how I'll leave With every piece of you Don't underestimate the things that I will do This program is made possible thanks to you and Old Sturbridge Village celebrating Independence Day, a chance to celebrate America's birthday with music, magic, and a fireworks display at dusk on July 3rd, and a full day of family fun on the 4th. Details and tickets at osv.org. And Harvard Division of Continuing Education and the Museum of Science, sponsoring news and talk on 89.7. To learn how WGBH can benefit your business, visit wgbh.org sponsorship. Next time on The World, the bomb shelters of Shanghai. Entrepreneurs rent them from the government. Every one of these shelters are actually owned by the Air Defense Bureau, is the real landlord. This American turned his shelter into a record store. Others have opened a wine shop, a subterranean bar, and a men's underwear boutique. Shanghai businesses underground. Next time on The World. Coming up at 3 here on 89.7 WGBH. Staying informed. The issue now is whether states must also follow the Second Amendment. Asking questions. What has actually gone on at the White House today? Trying new things. Try this. Star Wars in concert. It all matters. Makes a difference. An impact. On me. My family, my friends. My neighbors. The whole community. So, I chip in. I'm happy to give. I support WGBH. And you know that. That makes me responsible. That makes me responsible. That makes me responsible for radio that really matters. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. It's a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. This afternoon at 2, here on 89.7 WGBH. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. It's time to take a look into our email bag, as we do every Friday at this time. Earlier this week, we couldn't resist getting into the fray over whether women can have it all. That was prompted by that (laughs) cover story in Atlantic Magazine this month. A lot of listeners emailed us to say yes, including Liz from Boston. Hello, Emily. I'm a woman who has it all. I'm married to my best friend. I have a flexible job that I enjoy. I have two great kids, ages 12 and 17. We aren't wealthy but live comfortably. The secret? I have a wonderful wife. All any woman needs is a great wife to support her. All right. Well, I'm not sure if that's progress or not. All right. Yesterday, we devoted much of the show to discussing the Supreme Court's health care opinion. And no surprise, listeners had plenty of opinions on that. Here's Regina from Needham. Hi, Emily. Great show. But Kerry Healy and Mitt Romney are both saying the Affordable Care Act could be, should be repealed and replaced. Yet when pressed further, Kerry clearly stated that Romney really wants to just repeal it and leave it up to the individual states. You let her off the hook. They appear to have no intention to replace it. They never had a plan. I didn't think we let her off the hook. All right. Here's Jean from Centerville. You are right, Emily. Thanks. About the puzzling defense of private insurance companies. If people knew how much of the money they pay in premiums was used to fight against this act and against allowing people to get good care, opinions would change. I agree with that. All right. And on Facebook, Bushy posted. That sounds like a alias to me. Hmm. Bushy. This was the definition of win-lose for Obama. His health care law stands, but the word now most associated with Obamacare will be tax. That's never good for a sitting president. Well, there's nothing taxing about getting your emails, so keep them coming to emily at wgbh.org. And remember that we're always on the air on our website at wgbh.org slash Emily Rooney. Continuing with our week in review, I'm joined here in the studio by WGBH contributor and host of Innovation Hub, Kara Miller, former state treasurer Shannon O'Brien, and political analyst and talk show host Avi Nelson. We were just talking about the Supreme Court ruling yesterday on health care. Another 
story that actually has been sort of flying a little under the radar is this uh, issue with Eric Holder, the attorney general, who was found in contempt of Congress. Um, it's, it's, it's getting some play, but it's, 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 uh, it's, it's been politicized because Republicans has essentially led the charge on um, this contempt citation, which has to do with whether he uh, adequately – uh, re- revealed information about this uh, uh, gun running operation that you know a failed uh, uh, attempt to intercept uh, drug guns and that kind of thing, and then a federal agent ended up getting killed, murdered, and whether the attorney general adequately released information on this, whether he was uh, um, transparent enough. I think one of the interesting things to me about this is that it actually went one step beyond politics. So you're absolutely right. It got very politicized. You know, uh, Republicans overwhelmingly supported um, holding him in contempt. Uh, But then it got to the special interest level where the National Rifle Association said, we are scoring this vote. Uh, We are scoring this vote uh, so that if you vote for contempt, that means you are also supporting gun rights. And their thinking on this was that the real uh, intention of the Obama administration was to show how terrible guns are and that they make that they migrate from America all over the border to Mexico and support the drug trade. Um, and so that if you supported Eric Holder and this program, you were in fact supporting a campaign to deprive people of their Second Amendment rights. I thought that was a really interesting It is. Twist the problem here. with that thought is that this program was instigated under the Bush administration. Right. No, <clears throat> but it, but was, it moved Democrats over the line to support Republicans some, because they did not want to be scored poorly by the NRA. Right. The forerunner program started under Bush was also closed down under Bush. Fast and Furious is entirely Obama, and uh, you know, but it's this, similar, this rather, Avi, to the I, Bush administration. It's almost yeah. identical. Well, except that Bush closed it down and nobody died, and nobody died. So you got. You've got a different situation here, and some Democrats, for whatever reason, did vote with the majority to – that's why the vote was 255 in favor of the censorship. I've never – I've heard that theory, Kara, this, that this whole concoction is a way to take guns away from the people. It doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense when the Bush administration did something similar to it. But you've heard but a lot are, of Republicans uh, argue I, I've heard some people. Yeah. But, you know, there are always these conspiracy theories that, you know, George Bush flew the planes into the uh, World Trade Center, too. The, the point here is, though, that the Terry family, the, the mother and father of Brian Terry, the border agent who was killed, have gone publicly and said, we don't know what happened. We would like the information as to what happened to our son, why he was killed. And it seems to me that if the Justice Department were smart, the best way to solve the problem is dump all the documents Absolutely. that are asked for, give it to them, and then they can give it stand to Julian Assange. Say, we've, Let him do it. <laughs> we've, we've done all that's necessary. Yeah. What I don't understand is why they're hedging and why Obama would then intrude himself into the, prob- the, the problem and exert executive privilege. It really leaves the question open as to whether Obama himself knew something about it. And remember, there was also a letter sent by DOJ, the Justice Department, to the committee saying, no, 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 the program wasn't going on. And then 10 months later, they had to withdraw that letter. So it's not like the Republicans are making this up out of, out of just invention. There's something there, and the best way to handle it is – to put the dog. No, but I, I think that, and in some of the stories, and I've actually been quite confused by this whole story myself. I have to admit, but but from some of the stuff that I've read, it, you know, it, it is clear from emails and other documents that have been released um, that Eric Holder did not know about this. That is not to say that this wasn't bungled, it wasn't botched. But 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 this is truly just you know politicized. You know, I, I think back, you know, to uh, you know the the whole scandal where the the U.S. attorneys uh, in a political move were being asked to step down, you know, by the Justice Department. Um, you know, at that point in time, there was some pretty credible evidence that the then Attorney General Gonzalez actually lied to Congress, yet I don't believe that he was, you know, held in contempt of Congress. But in any in any situation where you have something like this, you know, it, it is the, the, the party in power is going to be attacked by the party, you know, not in power, in, in opposition. You know, this is just I think it really has more to do with keeping the NRA happy. I think it has more to do with finding ways to embarrass the president 
and embarrass Eric Holder, that they consider someone who is an enemy uh, to, but to gun Shannon, ownership. The best I think way, that that's the issue. The best way to show that the Republicans, if your theory and is I can't true... And I can't answer why they don't just blanket but release th- but the But that's documents. precisely the point. But, but, if but the contempt really, of court is out of bounds. It's absolutely well, out of bounds. It's, it's the first ridiculous. time it's that, politics. that an attorney general has been held. He got a whole bunch of Democrats who voted in favor of the, res- res- of the resolution. And if your theory is right, then the best way to show the, show up the Republicans as just being political with nothing behind them is to put Release out the it, documents. Exactly. And they're not doing that, which leads to the argument that your theory doesn't hold, that there is something going on here, that that letter that first No, my theory no is that they want to do everything that they can to continue. They would love to talk about Who's this. They? I think that the Republicans in Congress would rather talk about this. They would actually rather do something like this rather for one, than— For one thing. The administration really needed to explain what this whole mission was about. I mean, they wanted to get guns into the hands of drug cartels in Mexico. I mean, everybody gets murdered in Mexico. You come near to trying to, you know, intervene. No, really. It's just every every mayor, every small town, every cop, every... Everybody gets murdered. So the idea was to get these guns in the hands of these drug cartels, and then we would go in and, and bust them. You know, and that was, I don't that understand was either under Bush or Obama how this actually functions in a way that works. I don't under, I don't. I don't think it's well, it a didn't good work. Pol- no, no. I'm just saying. But I mean, just, just getting the idea, the idea out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. To see the routes that they took. Um, yeah, you get them on I, weapons charges. I have to say, in terms of presidential secrecy, we've seen. Many administrations, and yeah. there's been a lot of criticism of this from both sides, but a lot of administrations, I mean, and Dick Cheney was a real advocate of the ability of the president to say, right. this is secret. We, we don't let you into discussion. You know, we don't let the public or even Congress into discussions that we have. And I think that that is Obama's but, argument here. It, it's very hard to say pro- whether it's, you know, whether but, it's legit. But there's a political cost when you invoke Absolutely. that. And Obama right. wasn't in it. And he just put himself in it, by the way, at the risk, perhaps. Being a little tangential, this makes a pretty good argument for legalizing drugs. Just like alcohol produced the domestic underworld or the ban on alcohol, the ban on drugs has produced the international underworld. And all this goes on because we continue this useless and inefficient war on drugs at the cost of thousands of lives, as Emily has pointed out. And nobody really thinks that we're winning this war on drugs. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Well, so anyway, it has been politicized. And what I was saying the other, uh, that uh, last night, um, Scott Brown was on the Dan Ray show on that the one man, uh, the one sided debate <laughs> that Elizabeth Warren did not show up for. And he was calling for um, Eric Holder's resignation. Attorney General Holder, he can't effectively serve the president anymore. And uh, for the best interests of the country, I feel he should uh, step down and resign. He's lost the confidence of the American people. He certainly lost the confidence of Congress. There were questions asked in the beginning of this uh, debacle, and uh, he misled Congress. I don't think he's wrong. I, I certainly don't think that will happen. I certainly don't think that Eric Holder will resign because just as I mentioned that it's been politicized on one side in terms of the National Rifle Association getting into this, it's also been politicized on the side of um, – progressives, you know, you, you saw Nancy Pelosi walking out of the House chamber in protest. You've seen a lot of members of the uh, the Black Caucus, uh, Hispanic Caucus, Asian American Caucus, I mean, people who really feel like they're, that Daryl Issa, who was uh, in charge mm-hmm. of the House committee here, was going after Eric Holder because he was sort of, you know, being attorney general while black. Oh, come on, mm-hmm. Carrie. I'm glad you mentioned Nancy Pelosi because she trotted out, talk about concoctions, <laughs> that all this is being done because the Republicans are in favor of suppressing votes, which is so absurd that... What do you mean she, suppressing votes? That's what she said. She said they're going after Challenging Eric Holder the Florida because, throwing people off the voting rolls, that, yeah. that Eric Holder has gone into Florida because they're, they're systematically yeah, throwing minorities and, that, and other people and she off the said voting rolls. The concoction here is that the Republicans are going after Eric Holder because Eric Holder is going after those people who are trying to prevent voter suppression. So she had the gall, either the malice or, or the stupidity, to claim that that's what this is all about. That is so far off the wall. You can argue pro-con as to whether there should or shouldn't be contempt citation over Fast and Furious. But to make it sound like the Republicans are doing it because they want to prevent minorities from voting, that this should come from the Democratic leader of the House 
is an absurdity beyond I think we're all agreeing with that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just seems utterly pointless. But, I mean, Eric Holder has already announced that he's, he's leaving at the end of the term. Mm-hmm. So he's out in December anyway. Yeah. So it's like, would it really make any This difference? is a it's, win now for the Republicans. Yeah, Eric Holder is damaged goods. If he continues to hold out on this, the Republicans continue to claim, release the documents and resign. If he does resign, then, of course, a major person in the administration has shown to be somebody that the administration itself couldn't couldn't have confidence in that Obama made a mistake and during an election cycle that does not look good for the president. All right. I'm talking to Avi Nelson, Shannon O'Brien, and Kara Miller. Up next, next we're going to finish this week with our ever-popular thumbs up, thumbs down. But first, Nora Ephron died this week on Tuesday at age 71 of a, a rare blood disorder. She was an essayist, an author, and filmmaker. She's probably best known for her films, three of which were nominated for Academy Awards, Silkwood, when Harry met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. All week, celebrities have been commenting to the press about how she was loved, respected, and to some extent feared for her wit. That wit and her insight were on full display when I spoke with her this on this show in 2010 when she launched the Huffington Post divorce section. Here's what she said. Sometimes the, the second marriage is a happy one. Who knows? It's one of the great mysteries, not, you know, who killed Roger Ackroyd or whatever the name of that <laughs> book is, but what goes on in people's marriages, and we're riveted by it, and even though we know, we don't know what goes on in people's marriages, we're always trying to guess, we are. and when they break up, even though we know we have no idea why, none whatsoever, we love to read about it. Divorce is, a, is now a, a major spectator sport. We liked reading about hers, too. I hate to say it. Efron was married three times to Dan Greenberg, of course, famously to Carl Bernstein, and in the end to Nicholas Belegi, a screenwriter who survives her. She leaves behind two sons. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show from 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio. They still say I love you and that you can rely No matter what the future as time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of date This program is on WGBH thanks to you and Goddard House in Brookline featuring their new Bed, Breakfast and Beyond program a two, three or four week stay without a long-term commitment You can be safe and secure in assisted living and enjoy the comforts of a country inn. GoddardHouse.org And Masterpiece. Before he was Inspector Morse, he was the rookie detective Constable Endeavor Morse, striving to make a name for himself. Don't miss Endeavor from Masterpiece, Sunday night at 9 on WGBH 2. And the growing number of WGBH sustainers who manage their contributions to public radio with the help of monthly installments and automatic renewals. Learn more about the ease of sustaining membership at WGBH.org. On the next Cali Crossley Show, it's our Week in Review. We look at the news that went under the radar. We top off the hour with film critic Garen Daly. What does the closing of Harvard Square's AMC Lowe's Theater mean for Rocky Horror fans and neighboring movie houses? Today at 1 on WGBH, Boston Public Radio. On Saturday, July 14th, folks from all around will be heading down to WGBH's studios in Brighton for the WGBH Fun Fest. Meet your favorite PBS Kids characters, rock out to fun family music, and enjoy plenty of ice cream from all your local favorites. There's even a bouncy house. And the best part is, a family four-pack of tickets can be yours for a gift of just $30. Online at WGBH.org slash FunFest. This is Marketplace from APM. I'm Kai Rizdal. Marketplace is coming to Boston Public Radio. Wait, what? Yes, that's right. Starting Monday, July 2nd. First in Boston at 6 o'clock here on 89.7 WGBH. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. It is time for our ever-popular Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down segment on the people, places, and issues in the news this week. And just to get us started, this is more of a rant 
Then a thumbs up comes down. I don't know how <laughs> else you. to get into this. Absolutely. <laughs> so that woman, Karen Klein, who got you know bullied on the bus up in oh, upstate the, New York. The, the woman yeah. who was in town on the, bu- on the boat yesterday. This, this is shameful. I mean, the media has given this woman a complete and utter ride, a pass. This woman was a paid monitor on that bus. She did not do her job. She allowed those kids to bully her and say things to her. Would she have done the same thing if they were doing that to children, if they were, they were doing it to their kids? The woman is an incompetent, and that no one in the media has pointed that out. Because, oh, she's just oh, so bad. Oh, what a soft, that, what a soft, gentle, this understanding woman is, approach. Oh, I hate Sensitivity. to say it. She's, she's like our age. Obviously. Do you know what I would have said to those kids? The same thing that Eldridge Cleaver said, and it begins with a you-know-what, up against the wall. Well, Emily, (laughs) now that you've gotten it off your chest, I've heard you. I can't believe it. Can we, are we allowed to comment on this? Yes, comment. Okay. You know, I'm not sure. I've heard from other people that she was 68 years old and you've got a bunch of 13-year-olds. I'm not sure that a WAP or a a strong remark doesn't put you in greater jeopardy. But the point here, the phenomenon here is not what happened on the bus, but the reaction of the national public to it. People were so offended by it. People sympathized I with understand. her. I understand. That is, guy, that. a guy from Canada sets us a, a sets up a website to raise five thousand dollars for her. I don't know what the number is now, but a when million. I did when I did my radio program last Saturday, it was crossing six hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, and I did seven. the arithmetic. The average contribution was, was twenty one dollars. All right, so, moving along. <laughs> I have to say, a comedian, some comedian had a great line on this. That here's this woman who's gotten been surrounded by a bunch of bratty kids and uh, one of the things that she got coming out of this was a free trip to Disney World. Like exactly what you'd want if you were <laughs> sick you know of being surrounded get, by kids You're going to get a whole bunch of copycats. You get some grandmother no. who gets a handful All of 13 right. We had to get to our thumbs up. I just had to get that one off my chest. Raise half a million All bucks. right. Thumbs up, thumbs down on shooting bears out of trees without putting a padding below. Him. I have to say, when I saw that video, I was a little bit shocked thinking, they're going to break the, the bear's neck. Listen to this. It was amazing they, to me that they did that. Couldn't give two hoots about this poor Absolutely. grandmother. The grandmother the could bear, defend herself. The bear, the bear needs couldn't. a trampoline. Absolutely. Yeah. The bear couldn't defend itself. The bear I, was fine, however, afterwards. I, yes. again, that was Send a, the bear to Disney lucky. World, too. If they're not going to try to kill the bear they, and they are going to remove it and they want to be humane about it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it was my understanding that they felt they needed to do it quickly. Is the so bear I'm, okay? I'm pro putting a mattress down. Mm, yeah, good. Good answer. All right. Got that one off our chest, too. Well, I got to give the mattress to the grandmother. <laughs> well, just by the way, the there's a guy up in own. Canada who's starting a fund for the bear, you know, so we're going to get him a neck brace. All right, here's one for you, Avi. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you going to see the movie Magic Mike? No. <laughs> do you know what it is? Yeah, vaguely, only because I had to look it up for this program. But, you know, it's interesting. Near as I can gather, women are always trying to pretend they're like men. On the one hand, they criticize men for being superficial in relationships. And then on the other other side, they're trying to be just like them. I suspect a lot of women look for something a lot deeper than that. But there are some who are going to get their kicks It's over a stripper a strip. movie. A I, stripper. I agree yeah, with you, so, but I'm too busy because right. I'm reading Fifty Shades of Grey this weekend, <laughs> so I won't be watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm up for it. Emily, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, not that. All right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Shannon, are you sorry to see the AMC Lowe's and Harvard Square go because it means no more Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, it, I was I was I used to go to do that. I, I've only been there once a long time ago, but I used to do that when I was in college. I think I remember when it was. I think on uh, down on on uh, Newberry Street and uh, the theater there. I actually kind of feel bad, but I don't understand how it's lasted this long. But it, it's sort of nostalgic. It reminds me of a time. First I Shades it. of Gray and now this. Oh, I'm I, getting I, a whole I, new Rocky picture. Rocky Horror. That was that was that was a thing. I loved it. Thumbs down on that. Keep thumbs up on the uh, Rocky – well, I guess thumbs down on them taking away the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's also sad about movie theaters sort of curtailing their offerings and disappearing. It just feels like th- there's fewer and fewer and you have to rely on these big ginormous theaters and exactly what they decide to put in. And anyway, it's, it's just makes a great cultural thing that's going to be gone. Yeah. All right. Here's one for you, Avi. Mm. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The FDA approves an anti-obesity drug and refuses yeah. to call it a diet pill. Why? Yeah, I saw that on the list, and I wondered why is there a question about this? If there is a pill that people can take that will make them— It's a diet pill. Yeah. They want to call it anti-obesity. So is it the terminology that bothers you? I see. Well, I don't don't care what they call it. If people—if it's going to help people and it's going to make them healthier, 
I'm all for it. I think thumbs up on calling it anti-obesity. I think the reason not to call it a diet pill is because it may have side effects, right. and I don't know that they want people uh, taking it so they can lose five pounds for, like, you know, bikini season. Yeah, it's serious stuff, and I think that's probably why they're doing it. All right, thumbs up, thumbs down on the MBTA's plans to sell naming rights to stations. Thumbs up. Anytime they can squeeze some more money into this, I'm for it. Bank of America, thumbs Park down. Street Station. I, I don't know that I want to see commercials everywhere. You know, it, it is, it's a little bit different from what we're used to, but it raises money. And better to raise money from a private source that is doing it voluntarily than to have to either do taxes yeah, I mean, or I don't like it on the garden either, the TD Bank North Yeah, garden, we've gotten so like used that, to that. It's a good point. Look at all. I don't all like the, it, but. There's Safeco Park where the Red Sox are playing now yeah. out, out in Seattle. A lot of these stadiums and parks are named. And if it's a way of deferring the cost, we get used to it. Yeah. Does anybody it really nice. worry about no the I don't call it the Boston that. Garden anyway. What? I call it what I want to call it. Yeah, no one's going to call it the <laughs> Bank of America. It, it is Street nice Station. to have places that actually have names, though, like Fenway Park and aren't just like, you know, the Staples Center and, you know, everything. So, anyway. But, you know, we, to us, it'll sound strange. In 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. the people who have grown up with it, It'll sound Except Fenway normal. is now very different. It's a brand. I mean, you go into that park this day. You know what I mean? It's very, very different. I think than a lot of other than a lot of other. But it, it's itself yeah. instead it of going into the, like the Nike yeah. Arlington yeah, exactly. Street Station. Yeah, you don't rebrand it because the brand right. is so valuable in and of itself. There's no need. Right. All right. I guess we're giving it a thumbs up overall. All right. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Oldies 103. No longer playing oldies. No. Is this Music a new the, decision? At the They're 80s not... and 90s, that what doesn't qualify. Like, Music of the eighties and nineties. That's oldies. It's, so it depends. Oh. Oldies migrates. <laughs> well, oldies migrates. I remember Howie Carr. I was listening to him one time. Oh my gosh, years ago. And he said he first felt old when he heard Billy Joel on an oldies station. And I think you know, oldies migrate. The eighties were thirty years ago. So I don't oldies, think that's that bad. Oldies is as oldies does. That's, that's old right. now. I hate to yeah, say it. Can, I mean, maybe you can start a very oldies format. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Avi. Here's one for you. Old. Thumbs super up. Thumbs old. down. On the continuation of national political conventions, right now the Democrats are already reportedly about $25 million in the hole. We already know it's Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. Yeah, these, these used to have, even in our lifetime, used to have a significant function. There may be something to be said for going back to that. I'm not sure that the primary process is producing candidates or even candidacies that are better than they were before. But in many respects, this will be an opportunity for candidates to present themselves and make some so speeches. It up. But by and large, it, I, I think it's outlived its usefulness. Yeah, it has. It's and it's stupid. interesting, especially with the party that is going to nominate an incumbent. You know, if the Republicans may be something this time around, but for the Democrats, and a whole bunch of them aren't even coming. Mm. Yeah, thumbs so that's down. A down. Thumbs yep. down for me on on conventions. It's sort of a magnet for sort of this faux processed fake media coverage. But I've loved the ones that I've been Shannon, to. I have to say, yeah, me too. I've been to them all. <laughs> thumbs down. I mean, but I but but again, they you're going to have to come up with something completely different. It's like when you're going to criticize it, come up with something else. And I ain't got anything else. Well, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I've been to all of them since 1976. That is going to do it for us this afternoon, and that is it for the Emily Rooney Show. My thanks to producer Edgar Herwick and founding producer Franny Carr, my personal producer and researcher Jeff Keating, and to Ann Mostu and Francis Harlow for helping out these past few months. The Emily Rooney Show is a production of WGBH Radio on the web at wgbh.org, Boston Public Radio. I'm Emily Rooney. Have a great afternoon.